When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Having a terrible week? Well, hang in there because we are back with your favorite Avatar The Last Airbender rewatch podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Muhammad, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Jacob Redmond. Jacob, how you doing on this fine morning? I'm doing great, Zach. Uh, you know, it's been a very chill weekend. Uh, I've had a good weekend, and I'm just excited to be looking back on season two with you. So I would say, uh, I would say I'm like a 3.8 out of four cabbages. Nice, nice. I'm pretty yeah, high as well. Yeah. I had a good night last night, ate a lot of good food, had some okay. <laughs> stomach troubles this morning, though, honestly, <laughs> after eating all the food. But hey, you know what? I'm kicking and I'm doing great. I'm excited. I think I'm also at a 3.8 out of four cabbages. Let's roll with it. Well, well, there you go. We didn't get the listener score, but, uh, you know, we'll say that this is the 3.8 day for everyone. So that's, that's not too bad. Uh, what did you eat for dinner last night that gave you the stomach troubles? My mom made like this vegetable bowl mix of like corn and black beans. It was actually really good, but yeah, just gave me the stomach troubles. Like while we, (laughs) it was a little TMI, but while we were like doing, uh, while we were preparing for the show, I was like in and out of the washroom. I was was so grateful. I was so grateful you pushed it back 30 minutes. I was like, thank God. Uh, Hopefully. Hopefully it doesn't come to that where you have to just like uh dip mid podcast. No, because, I think I'm uh, good. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Um, yeah, I, I, it's always funny. Yeah. Whenever like I have a good meal, I'm always like very happy and, uh, yeah, the, the stomach troubles really can bring it down, but I'm glad to know it seemed worth it. Yeah. It was worth it. It was worth it. Uh, but enough about me. We're, I'm excited to dive into our season two and review podcast. Honestly, there's a lot of episodes in season two where I thought I'll be lower on and then a lot I thought I'd be way higher on. So it's interesting. I'm excited to dive into this recap with you and see what we thought was a good episode, what we thought was a bad episode and dive into the nitty gritty of it all. Yeah. Yeah. When I look at the episode rankings, like we have a lot of episodes in the like, 3.6 region. And I think that's like a very interesting region to look at. Cause it's like, uh, or like, it's like actually 3.66 to 3.68 has like four different episodes. It's super interesting to see that we have like so many of those episodes right on the cusp of an A. Like, yeah, very, very interesting to go through this. Um, especially because if I would have thought like, Oh, which episodes I like most, I would not have all of these the same. I definitely would have rated them lower, but you know, going through them, I think really changes it. And the biggest thing I thought uh, going through in season two is watching it week by week is such a different experience from a binge. Uh, did this hit you as well? Yes, yes. Watching it week by week is very differently from a binge. And for season three, I was wondering, should I binge it before we podcast about it and then watch it week by week? I was debating that because it is a very different viewing experience. Yeah, uh, that definitely is true. You know, honestly, I would be down. Uh, you know, I, I want to just like watch all of them and then like, you know, I can go week by week. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I might try to pace myself. Uh, because like, I think going through the like week by week of, um, 
like the library desert, like having all of these episodes essentially without Appa felt so different. Um, when you were watching them like one at a time, like one, uh, you know, one a week rather than knocking them all out at once, it really felt like a very different experience. Yeah, and it made me lower on some episodes. Like, The Desert is an episode without Appa, and I think that's the lowest point of um, season two. Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, And we rated it lower by, like, quite a considerable margin. Um, Yeah, but it still was like a 3.11 or something like that. It was a 2.85. Oh, 2.85. Okay, there we go. Yeah, that's pretty This was an episode with the failing grade. Uh, Pretty rough, because, like, yeah, the, the next... Worst episodes, like a 3.14, nice little pie reference on the swamp. Like, (laughs) it really, like, I think that's an episode that I would have said that I liked. And looking back on it, I didn't like it as much. Um, yeah, yeah. same. One, one thing that we should get into before we, uh, before we, you know, dive too far in is we did have an Avatar Universe fan, uh, you know, compete in the Olympics. There was a great post where he posted, he was like a windsurfer who had his hair just like Aang with the arrow. He's a gold medalist. Yeah, Kieran Bablow is his name. And yeah, he won the gold medal. (laughs) And then we're going to have a little segment later on in this show where we're going to put some Avatar characters into Olympic sports and see how it goes. So I'm excited for that as well. And yeah, we had a real life representation of an Avatar character in the Olympics. Yeah, this guy has the Aang haircut, the blue arrow in his head. And yeah, he won the gold medal. Shout out Kieran Bablow. Another yeah, very athlete, cool Avatar The Last Airbender fan. Yeah, very cool to see uh, you know, the team Avatar uh like have some some uh Olympic representation. If you would have asked me last year, like, will someone dress up or like not dress up, but essentially like go as Aang in the Olympics, I'd be like, nah, that'd be crazy. <laughs> but here we are. Here we are. Anyway, so so very cool. I, I wanted to shout that out. Um, but yeah, so so let's 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 dive into season two. You know, we're here to talk about everything season two. We're recapping it. Uh, yeah, let let's get started at the beginning. So we start out with the Avatar State episode. This is an episode that like I didn't really remember a ton of. I remember like kind of the intro, but even like looking to the start of season three, the Awakening, like. I think it's an episode that, like, you know, there's so much hype before uh, with the, like, season one finale. So going into season two, there's nothing too memorable. But I really like this episode looking back on it. I had a lot of fun with that one, Zach. Yeah, I did, too. I remember the one of the more fun moments we talked about was when you were talking about how Azula was about to vaporize the man on the spot. But instead, <laughs> the, the writers thought it was too dark, so they didn't do that. But in the HBO version that we always talk about, she oh probably my. would she probably would have vaporized him on the spot. You know what's funny? I think that's the genesis of when we started talking about the HBO version of the show and how stuff, <laughs> it was a more like more mature stuff would be happening. So I had a lot of fun podcasting about that episode and like you i didn't remember it that well but i think it's a solid episode overall yeah that's hilarious i totally forgot the generation of that hbo version of the show but (laughs) you're totally right that's what it was Uh, oh my gosh yeah there's so many different hbo versions we've made the Team Avatars died like 12 times in the HBO version (laughs) it's rough out there yeah they're Um, like kenny from south park they just keep on dying yeah yeah, I do think that Avatar does a really good job with season premieres. Uh, like I think because there's so much hype going into the season finale, like season one finale, season two finale are both huge events. But I really do think that they do a good job of like, 
you know, bringing you back in and like, it's not like always the highest stake thing, but it's pretty interesting. I think the Avatar State did a really good job of that. I agree. And for similar reasons, that's why I'm excited to dive into the season three finale. I think season three actually starts off with a bang and it's pretty good. In the premiere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. Then, then we got to, you know, one of the most, uh, memed things in Avatar, which is the secret tunnel song uh, <laughs> that had its moment on TikTok. Like it was all over the place. I remember people were like tagging me and stuff. People would send it to me. Like, man, that, that had its moment. Yeah, season two, episode two, Cave of Two Lovers. Besides the secret tunnel song, is there anything else that stands out about this episode to you? Because, I don't know, Zuko steals the ostrich horse. What else happens in this episode? Not I mean, much, in my opinion. And Katara, they, 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 uh, you know, get a little closer in this episode. That, True, that's they do right? kiss. You're right, that's, you're right. That's something. You're right, that is something. And that's but, like a way more romantic moment than Zuko and Katara have in the finale. So, you're right that about is that. true. That is true. Like, honestly, anyone who is like, you know, super Zutara, like, they never had a moment like Cave of Two Lovers, even when they're also in a cave. Like, it's, it's paltry compared to the, the moment that Aang and Katara share here. So exactly. I agree completely. Um, yeah. Then like we get uh, a few episodes that we were like not as high on with like Return to Omashu, uh, the swamp and Avatar Day. These episodes all kind of like blend together to me as like, you know, they're doing season one type adventures. Like they're doing random stuff. They're going out and they're just like, you know, living their life, going on adventures. Any highlights from these episodes that really? we should, oh, we should oh, remember fondly? Of these three, I think the swamp stands out for me. I like the swamp, honestly. I think I like really? Doo and Show. I like the swamp benders. Why? Was What was my rating of it? Do you have that open? Or uh, I, I don't have your rating. I have the aggregate at a 3.14. So. 3.14, yeah. I feel like the fans were a little low on it, but I was a little higher on it. I don't know. I, I like the swamp. I like just the everything in the swamp. I don't know. I, I messed with it. I liked it. I, I think yeah. it's it's a stronger episode than Return to Omashu and Avatar Day, in my opinion. But Return to Omashu is where we get the, like, introduction to Mei and Tai Lee. I mean, that cannot be understated. Like, the fact <laughs> that we go to the carnival, like, with, uh, yeah, Tai Lee, and then we see Mei and her boring life as, like, uh, some random bureaucrat's daughter. Like, that. that's just a great intro to those characters. I just remember us complaining about May's brother named Tom Tom. Tom we, Tom. we complained a lot about Tom Tom and his name. <laughs> Tom Tom is just such a trash name. Uh, yeah. I, I was, at, so yeah, um, I was gonna like include Tom Tom in the game that we're gonna play later. And I was like, no one remembers Tom Tom. <laughs> no, no, no. Not a soul remembers Tom Tom. That <laughs> little kid that got the Pentapox. Uh, oh. Yeah, nobody remembers little Tom Tom. And then of Avatar Day, I remember the villagers were kind of meh in Avatar Day, but Kiyoshi had a very impressive feat of bending where she like separates the earth and yeah, no. like the whole continent basically. So shout out Kiyoshi for being a beast. That definitely is true. And I think the thing that sticks out for me with Avatar Day is the Wheel of Punishment. Such a funny idea. Uh, like I love the little gimmicks they do that. That's like, that might be one of the best jokes um in all of season two is that like Avatar Day where they're like, but I thought he had to do like, uh, or I thought he had to die. And it's like, no, community service. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Max. And there was really good. Vo- I forget who was the voice actor of the leader of the village, but he was like a very famous voice actor. So mm, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, then we get into a stretch of like pretty great episodes, the blind bandit introducing Toph, Zuko alone with, uh, you know, Zuko on his own. Th- these are like 
incredible episodes. This uh, might be the best back-to-back episode stretch in the whole series, I think. I think whoa. Blind Bandit is my favorite episode of season two. I love Blind Bandit. I love all the pro wrestling references. I was very disappointed I had my whole thing, yeah. and I couldn't make it for the podcast, sadly, for that. But you and uh, Navi on them <laughs> did a great job <laughs> with the Blind Bandit. I thought it was really funny. So, And, and that's when I learned about John Cena's Sexy High School Adventure <laughs> 2, and it will always stick with me. That is a reference that I will never forget. Uh, talking about that so much, looking it up, like deciding whether I should ever think about it again was quite a trip. But yeah, that was, that was quite the, quite the time. Zach, you made a very bold claim. You just said the blind bandit and Zuko alone are the best back to back episodes. Uh, Tales from Bossing Say and Appa's Lost Days are also incredible back to back episodes. And interestingly, the ratings would indicate that that is a better back to back stretch. Uh, we gave the blind bandit and Zuko alone a 3.96 and 3.67. And, uh, we one upped each episode by just 0.01. So Tales of Bossing Say had a 3.97 and Opus Lost Say had a 3.68. So wh- which one's better? Like th- this, this actually, this is a good question to get. I think we talked about it on the podcast, but Opus Lost Days is a little slow at points. It's a great episode. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like a four out of four, at least not in my eyes. Whereas I think Zuko alone and Blind Bandit are both close to fours for me, if not yeah. out of four. That's just my I, so, opinion. I think Tales of Bossing Say is the best episode of the four, and then Appa's Lost Days is the weakest episode of the four. So, okay, well, that that's also interesting itself. Like, what's the best? Like, is it the best and something like slightly worse? Or are you going like two two like star players? Like, is it LeBron and some scrub, or is it like you know two randos or two like you know mid tier stars or whatever? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. I I think what's I'd rather better? go the two mid tier stars personally. Okay, that's- so you're a Clippers fan. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought the Clippers last year went, they went deeper than the Lakers. So yeah. Um, well, okay. Yeah. So I think that's actually like very interesting. I think Oppa's Lost Days, I guess we'll talk about it in a second. I think the fact that it has all of that storytelling from the point of view of like someone who can't talk, but there's so much emotion there is like great storytelling. It's such a unique episode. So I, I'm going to go ahead and cast my vote for the Tales of Bossing Say and Oppa's Lost Days being the best. Um, the best, like one, the best two part episode or the best, uh, two episodes back to back. I think we might have to settle this with a poll. That's fair. We can pull it up. I'm down. Okay. I think All Zuko right. alone is just such a great episode though, too. It's just like, it really cements the whole divide between Zuko and Azula. It shows you how beloved Azula is by Ozai. Also, the show heavily implies like Azulon gets bodied by Ozai, which I thought was <laughs> shocking. I, I watched that episode the week you guys podcasted about it and I was like, damn, yep. I forgot all about this. <laughs> that, yeah. Absolutely bodied. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that the Zuko alone episode is great because it gives a lot of like background that we, we wouldn't have known otherwise. Um, and I think it's like kind of similar to an episode we'll get in season three, um, where like Zuko learns about his past and we get like a lot of backstory with Avatar Roku and, and, uh, Sozin. I think that that's a very interesting, um, episode, but yeah, like ultimately, I, yeah, Tales of Bossing Sage is just so good. Like, yeah. I yeah, think, that's true. I think I it agree. carries. I think it carries, but that's we great. will let other people decide. Um, then we get to a few episodes that are all kind of middling, uh, the chase and bitter work. 
Uh, any comments here? Very little sticks with me uh, about the chase. Like, really, I, I like the final sleepy. fight scene. I think sticks that's with what I was me. gonna say. The only thing that sticks with me is that final fight where they all send like all their blasts, including a boomerang at Azula, and then she just disappears. Yeah, I can still picture in my head the moment where like Azula's chasing Ang, and then we almost get like the Looney Tunes moment because Ang's like floating in the middle of a room, and then Azula yeah. like slips, does the splits, and then Zuko comes in, rushes into the room, and falls down. So I can remember like little things like that from the chase. But yeah, overall, not the most memorable episode. Also, it had very funny facial expressions. I think Katara at one point had like the weirdest face when she was angry. So I thought while the animators had fun with it, it wasn't the best episode. It was a little boring. But I thought we had a pretty fun podcast about this episode as well. Yes, that was a great podcast. Uh, like being back together, talking about that one. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. I think, yeah, definitely like the animators had fun with it. We had fun with it. So yeah, that one I'll remember, remember fondly. Um, yeah. Then, then we get like a stretch of episodes in the middle here that really takes up like a solid stretch from the library to serpents pass. We have the library, the desert and the serpents pass. These episodes, like, yeah, I, I really think that this season has, like, two parts in my mind. There's, like, the part where it's, like, you know, Aang and the rest of the people are, like, traveling um, up through, like, bitter work. Then there's, like, these three episodes, which are kind of, like, some random story. Uh, and then they get to, like, Bossing Say. And I think, like, the, this little, like, random story, which does motivate the rest of the episodes, uh, really just, like, looking back on it, I don't know. I, I I don't like it week to week. What are your thoughts? Yeah, but then I think that, well, the desert is the lowest point. In Serpent's Pass, I don't have too many notes on Serpent's Pass right here, but the library is a classic episode. I think like sometimes we have these like one episode antagonists that are very forgettable, but then Wan Chi Tong is an excellent one episode antagonist. I remember you saying you used to have nightmares about him on the podcast. And yes. unlike my nightmares about Wishbone, that actually makes sense <laughs> because Wan Chi Tong was pretty terrifying. So yeah, I definitely like uh, the library episode will always stick with me, but maybe not in the best way uh, in that. Like I am legitimately scared of that owl. Um, I, I had a lot of fun podcasting about that one because like we made the joke about like the per, like he who knows 10,000 things like, <laughs> that, that was like one of my favorite moments on the podcast where both of us at the same time are like, that's not that many things. Like that's, yeah, that's not, not enough things. Yeah. He should be the man who knows like a billion things. Exactly. Who, yeah. Uh, I, uh. we were so in sync there. That, <laughs> like. I forget who even mentioned it first, but like we both had it in our notes. We were both like, yes, this is right. This is not that many things. Yeah, I think you mentioned it first, but I had like a whole soliloquy in my notes basically <laughs> about why it was stupid. So I was really happy you mentioned it. But yeah, no, oh, that my. I think I, I separate the library from the desert and serpents past myself personally in my head. I think the library is like a tier above those two episodes. That's fair. That that is fair. It definitely is like an enjoyable episode, uh, if nothing else, because it's just so scary. <laughs> um, yeah, but that was yeah. Oh my gosh! 10, and then things you have any thoughts about the desert or serpents pass? I think the desert, like we were talking about earlier, probably the low point of season two. Nothing notable really happens except I mean we have Sokka drinking the cactus juice. I guess is like the funniest part of the episode. Yeah, I mean the cactus juice is like whatever fine like i yeah i i didn't really see much about it uh 
that's like worth recapping. The Serpent's Pass was like kind of fun actually because in the Serpent's Pass we do have the uh like that heist that they pull off um on the boat. I thought that was like fun to recap um like with Jet and Zuko seeing them work together. And I oh, think yeah, that's true. like a storyline that's like super underrated is that connection between the two of them like the fact that like usually um you know Aang is getting compared to Zuko but here like there's someone who's even you know, crazier, further down the path in Zuko. That was very great. I think that was a like great storytelling. Yeah, I agree. And then the titular serpent was also a very fascinating looking creature. It kind of looked like the Onagi, except all green and like shiny and stuff. Looked like a mm-hmm. cool like Pokemon almost. Yes. Yep. Um. Yeah, no, that, that was cool. Although like, I'm pretty sure that was the same like type of monster that was in the, the unaired pilot as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it looked very similar. Um, Then the next episode, it was a very fun episode to record. The drill with Kevin Mahadeo was just a great time. Uh, I had so much fun recording that podcast. Uh, That is such a good episode. Um, You know, we have like this this whole like plan to take it down. And uh, yeah, the old white people phrases. That's what sticks with me from that, from that episode. <laughs> yeah, I remember that too. I was just like, yeah, I use a lot of old white people phrases. That was too funny. And yeah, but the act to talk about the episode itself, one of my favorite episodes of the whole, of all season two, the drill. It has one of my favorite scenes where like Ang is scaling the wall and then they show him like perpendicular to the wall, like sprinting up. Yeah. And, and then he jumps down and hits the dr- hits the nail on the drill. Just an amazing like, the action sequences because that whole episode was just like one big action sequence and we haven't ha- really had an episode like that before so it was I, I really enjoyed this episode i thought it was amazing and incredibly well done yeah i know like we did rate the fight a little bit low i think um like we rated it only at like a 3.17 but that's kind of because the whole episode is one fight and the yes, actual exactly. fight at the end was like not that great um, i agree yeah yeah yep um then like once i get to bossing say i feel like the season picks up a ton i mean like there's only what like a few episodes from uh city of walls and secrets all the way through the crossroads of destiny but it just feels like so much happens in this back half of the season this back half of the season is action-packed and it has a whole episode dedicated to appa who's not even like really there I agree. I love every episode of the back half of uh, season two, except the Earth King and the Guru, I thought, were a lot of exposition and setup. Not to skip ahead too far, but there were a lot of exposition yeah. and setup for the finale. But then I think the three episode stretch of Tales of Bossing say Appa's Lost Day in Lake Laogai. I thought Lake Laogai was a very yes. underrated episode, and that's an excellent three episode stretch. I think we gave Tales of Bossing say we both gave fours. Appa's Lost Days in Lake Lao- Lake Laogai, I think I gave like a three point eight or something. So there's yep. three highly rated episodes. Very, very high on those episodes. And I just think it's like bossing say such an interesting place to go. Like there's so like, because it's like been talked about for so long. It's like known as like, Oh, that's the earth capital. But once you get there, there's so many interesting characters, like from the like 30 different Judies to like the Dailies control. There's so many intricacies. And I really feel like they, that uh, avatar did a great job of like playing politics for a bit. You know, like it's, I think so many other shows would shy away from this type of thing where it's like, you know, talking about like, uh, I guess like the intricacies of some made up thing, but instead, like, I really think they like 
They hard commit to like, no, we're going to make this interesting. We're going to like reveal the secret slowly. And I feel like the world that we build in Bossing Say is just so interesting. Yeah, I agree. And to add on to it, it's just like the fact that they're able to tell this like woven, like this story of like these, the politics and the intricacies in the city in a children's show, no less. It's very impressive. You have like a puppet leader, a coup happens. And again, it's it's a kid's show. So it's a very impressive storytelling, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then, so it's a great stretch of episodes that they have, but we had a great stretch of guests, uh, 15 through 17. Like it was, it was great. Uh, we had like Maggie Morgan blow us away with all of her like analysis and like, uh, the stuff that she was bringing to the table. She was incredible. Like I, I was just, I was blown away. I was honestly, I felt like I didn't even talk that much on that podcast. Cause I was just, <laughs> I was speechless just trying to absorb all the knowledge from Maggie, like a sponge. So <laughs> yeah, I, I really did think that like her rich knowledge of like, you know, the characters, like what they were doing. And like, she really did like, you know, not that we don't take it seriously, Zach, you know, I, I watched episodes. <laughs> I care. I, I pay attention. But the fact <laughs> me that like, too, me too. yeah, I'm not saying you didn't. No, like, I, know, uh, I, know, yeah. I know, I know, I know. But, but the fact that she like paid careful attention, like what they're doing in a little more subtle ways, I think really elevated that episode for me. Like it's already one of my favorite episodes, if not my favorite. And that just like put it over the top. Like that it was, it was great to have her on that one. Yeah, and like every story in Tales of Bossing say is told so beautifully, but I kind of forgot prior to this rewatch, I thought Ira was the last vignette, yes. but instead it was Momo, and I forgot just how heart-wrenching the story of Momo was in his search for Appa. Yeah, I again, like they did a great job of telling the story from the perspective of someone who can't talk, who like barely interacts with the world, like in the way that the other characters are. Um, but then like told a very compelling story. Uh, and I thought that was like very good. And yeah, it is just sweet to see like Momo care for Appa and like have that connection that we probably all were giving to them anyway. Like everyone probably thought like, Oh, they're so close. But seeing that, um, they did a lot of like, you know, showing, not telling. I think that was great. Yeah, I agree. Then we had like a super fun episode with AJ talking about Appa's lost days. Uh, yeah, that just, just like, even from the intro when we were talking about how clearly it is that AJ's a firebender, like that's just <laughs> fantastic. Just chef's kiss to that. Yeah, it was a great podcast with AJ. And then to talk about the episode a little bit, it's a very interesting conceptual episode because I can't think off the top of my head of an animated series where the animal companion gets their own episode and backstory. Like hell, even Pikachu and Pokemon barely gets a story like this separate from Ash. So... Yeah, I love this story of Appa and Appa's lost days. It's excellent stuff. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I feel like, I feel like Gary has an episode in SpongeBob where he does like his own thing for a bit. I, I'm like, yeah, you're maybe probably right. Like no, you're yeah. probably right. Gary has a couple of episodes like that, actually. That's fair. But Gary's also the atypical animal companion because, like, at one point, he's like, remember when he's in the library with like the deep ass voice? So, oh Gary, my gosh. Yes. So, Gary, Gary has a lot of like interesting moments. Like, Gary's hey. done stand up before. So, he's an, <laughs> I guess these Nickelodeon, something with these Nickelodeon animal companions. There's so yes. To be uh, and, and you said, like, uh, you know, Gary's in the library with a deep voice. Like, we're going to see opposite talk in season three <laughs> like Appa does speak yes it is like probably a nightmare or like a you know like a not very coherent but you know Appa speaks yeah and he also has a deep booming voice so there you go <laughs> I mean yeah he's got to right of course of course yeah 
But yeah, Alba's Lost Days, great episode. Honestly, we were all very high on it and rightfully so. Yes, yes, great episode there. Um, then Lake Lao Guy uh, with Felipe, uh, like great friend of the podcast. Um, yeah, th- this was this was very fun. Um, I, I think that we had, uh, yeah, this is when you delivered your eulogy as Pipsqueak. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. I, I'm, I'm very glad that Pipsqueak will be coming back. I feel like this is like what we need for the podcast to, you know, keep us going is at least one Pipsqueak reference per season. Well, the thing is with Pipsqueak, I'm always in your guys' hearts. <laughs> so I never go away. I'm always here with us all. So there you go perpetually perpetually with us but but then you yeah to talk about lake lauga for a minute i went i went in with low expectations i I, like for me i didn't think too much of lake lauga upon this rewatch and then i realized it's a pretty underrated episode and i was very much surprised with it and rest in peace jet this is like the whole jet eulogy we get and yeah this puts a bow on his story and uh, he passes away untimely yeah, this is an episode that doesn't even need a, uh, you know, an HBO version. We see the character die. So, yeah. uh, some serious stuff goes down, real ramifications here. Um, they did not pull their punches on this episode. And I think it was good. You know, we show like how brutal the Dai Lee is. And then it makes it even more impressive that Azula just like topples them, uh, within the span of two episodes. <laughs> uh, very impressive stuff. Um, very impressive stuff from the Lake Laogai episode. Yep. Yeah, Zach, you are right. Like looking back at the Earth King, the Guru, it, it was only a few weeks ago, but yeah, it's just it is a lot of exposition. I feel like the Earth King like has a ton of fight. Uh, it's like one long fight for just a very uh, you know, an extended part of the episode as they're like fighting their way through the palace. Um, but the Guru itself is just like so much exposition, and it does a great job to set up the Crossroads of Destiny. But watching it as a standalone episode is kind of like a snooze fest. Yeah, I agree completely. Just watching it uh, as a standalone episode is kind of boring. Like, what happens? Like, banana and onion juice? Like, the guru stuff with Aang is kind of boring. I don't know what else. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of tedious to get through. It's kind of a slog. I didn't mind. Like, we had a, I thought we had a fun podcast about it, but the actual episode itself, it's like, eh. sometimes we'll do record the podcast and I'll, like, change my score because I'll talk to you and be like, oh, this episode... Oh, I'm a little higher on it now after after our conversation. But this was an episode where I did not feel that way. I did was yeah, not the, higher on it after talking to you. The one thing that I appreciated uh from this was Azula just being a complete mastermind and running circles around um like the Dai Li. Like the way she's setting this up was just so impressive that uh, you know. I, I didn't mind it. And I think that this episode does a great job of setting up the finale. Like without this episode, without like having a big expo dump right before the finale, it's like hard to land it. So I think they did like a great job of at least, at least giving us what we needed um, to get through the rest of the season. Yeah, that's true. And now shall we get into the finale, the crossroads of destiny, the crossroads of destiny. Yeah. You know, thinking back on it this past week, I've really gone back to the thought that it's actually Zuko who's at the crossroads of destiny and not Aang <laughs> and how season two really is like, it, it's kind of the story of Zuko. Like we get Zuko alone. We get his sister involved. Like more and more of the show is becoming about Zuko. Yeah, Zuko, I mean, is pretty much like a second protagonist. And I, there are very few stories I've seen told with like two protagonists in of equal value. And in that, we have it right here with Zuko and Aang. So you're right. This, yep. this pretty much is the story of Zuko season two. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, no, I, I really did think that like, uh, hearing, like hearing Ira say that again, rewatching the episode, thinking about it with a more critical lens, like I have just been very impressed, uh, with the way that they're telling Zuko's story. And I'd be interested to know if this was planned out from the beginning. Like, I think it's very interesting to see that Zuko was like, you know, the antagonist. He was the bad guy. We kind of got an Ozai moment where he was like, fine, I'll do it myself. Uh, like with the Thanos, like sending in Azula, like, you know, <laughs> stepping up the big guns. Season three, uh, Ozai will become an even bigger antagonist. Um, I would be curious to know, like, yeah, was this Zuko's destiny from the beginning or did they realize what they had with the character and what they had with the voice actor as well and Dante Basco? Yeah, Dante Basco does an excellent job as Zuko here. And I really love his voice. Like, you can always sense like the pain in his voice, I feel like. Yeah. Should someone check on him? I, I think he's <laughs> doing okay. But like you are right. Like He knocks pain out of the box. Yeah, and he's doing great. I mean, he has an Avatar podcast. He's like our competition now. I'm pretty sure yeah. he has like that, what, what's it called? Like Braving the Elements or whatever. Yes. Uh, have you ever seen um, the movie uh, There Will Be Blood? Yes, I think so. With okay. Javier Bardem and stuff. Uh, no, it's uh, it's has uh Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis. No, 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 I, I haven't okay. seen it. I always mix it up with No Country for Old Men. That's yeah, No Country for Old Men also a great movie. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this this is uh this is a movie like uh, about like a oil g- tycoon type person, mm-hmm. and in one of the last scenes, he says that makes you my competitor. And when you said <laughs> like he's our competition, that that made me think of that. Um, also right. we. We had, uh, the, the professor write in, uh, Professor Strunk, uh, you know, write in from a long time ago. Um, you know, fine, you know, I'm very excited he's back writing in on the podcast. He mentioned the fact that the competition should make us better. Uh, so I feel like, uh, you know, as an economic student, I should have mentioned this earlier, but the professor set me right. Uh, yeah, competition will make us better. Bring on all the Avatar podcasts. Bring them on. Let's do it. So we'll yeah. we'll put our dukes up. We'll fight with them, and yeah, we'll win. <laughs> I do not want to fight anyone. I would be I would be trashed at it. H- have you seen this like Big Brother boxing thing that's going around? Yes, I have. So like Canadian Big Brother contestants are fighting American Big Brother contestants. Yeah, I, like I just like why are these people fighting? I don't get why people <laughs> want to actually fight other people. Like. Yeah, I think it's just an easy cash grab because a lot of these there's more celebrity boxing events happening nowadays. It's the Paul mm. brothers kind of started this trend and now yeah. it's just continuing with like a lot. Everyone wants the a quick buck. So they're doing these celebrity boxing matches. OK, well, we're going to officially opt out of the uh, Avatar podcasting boxing match, or at least I will. <laughs> I will, too. I'm not. I'm, I'm a I'm a lover, not a fighter. That's what I think. <laughs> Perfect. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so, so that was like the, you know, the rundown of the season. I did want to go through the rankings just a bit because sure. as I mentioned earlier, we have a few episodes that are all in this like 3.66 to 3.68 range. And I wanted to see, did we get it right the first time? So the episodes are the Avatar State, Zuko Alone, The Drill, and Appa's Lost Days. They're all in this really tight range. Does this seem right? Uh, like, does one episode, should one episode have gone up? Should one go down? Like, are these episodes all effectively the same? Like, I'd be very interested to hear mm. your opinion. I think Avatar State, I was way lower on it than that. Or not, not way lower on it, but I, what were the four episodes again? Can you repeat them, please? Yeah. So the Avatar State, episode one, Zuko Alone, episode seven, 
The Drill, episode 13, and Appa's Lost Days, episode 16. Yeah, I think Avatar State, of those four episodes, is the weakest. And then okay. the other three, I would have all in a similar tier. All like They're all like 3.6 to 3.8 for me. What about you? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's right. Um, I I think maybe I would put Appa's Lost Days a bit higher than the rest, but may, like... Yeah, I, I think Zuko alone and Appa's Lost Days should be a little bit separate from the drill. I think the drill is a good episode. Like it, it does show a lot of like Azula and have her character come into it. Um, but yeah, I think that, I think you're right. The Avatar State is like a definitive, uh, bump down, like probably down like another half point or something. And mm-hmm. I think Zuko alone and Appa's Lost Days could go up even a touch and that would be about where I'd put them. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then for the battles, uh, we have a few battles that are like high up there. I think it's clear who's on top. I think the like last fight, Zuko and Azula versus Aang and Katara is number one. Uh, but I just wanted to go over two that are like pretty high up there. We have Team Avatar versus the Earth King soldiers in, uh, the episode, the Earth King. Um, and we have Azula takes on everyone. Uh, both as our like second and third highest fights. I just, I, I just think it's crazy that these are like our three best fights. Uh, cause the Azula takes on everyone fight is good, but the team avatar versus the earth King soldiers was cool. It had its moments. Um, but I'm not sure we got it right. I mean, that was a pretty epic start to that episode though. It just starts with them just like battling the soldiers. I, I, I thought it was a pretty solid fight to be honest. Why? What, what fights do you think were better than it? Well, yeah, I know like when, when we were going through the podcast, I was so surprised that Earth Rumble 6 was actually not that interesting of a fight. But I think the fight where Toph takes down the wrestlers at the end of that episode, uh, at the end of the Blind Bandit, is probably like an underrated fight. Uh, I think that we probably did not give that all of its due. And then, um, yeah, I think like when Team Avatar is fighting the Rough Rhinos uh, in Avatar Day, I think that's like also a fight that we might have been too low on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Team Avatar, when they fought the Rough Rhinos, that's true. I, I also, I liked when Iroh and Zuko fought the Rough Rhinos as well. Was that season one or season two? Uh, no, that was, that was season two. Yeah. Um, that was a solid fight as well. Yeah. No, that's, that's definitely true. Um, yeah. And then uh, the worst fight that we had ranked here was uh, Master Yu and Jin Fu take on the Misty Palms crew. I just wanted yeah. to point out that that fight was not very good. No, it was not. I mean, it's very forgettable, honestly. I just remember <laughs> at one point they like throw this random dude outside of the building, which I thought oh, was, that was that was the best part. That was pretty funny, so it made me laugh in the moment. But besides that, yeah, yeah that was a pretty forgettable fight overall. Though Master Yu and Jin Fu are like funny characters. I like their buddy cop dynamic. So yeah, th- they are funny. I appreciate yeah. them as characters, but I did not need to see them like just absolutely dominate uh, some people in in a bar. Yeah, me neither. Yep. All right. Well, that is our rankings. You know, it's always so fun, uh, to go through them, uh, to look and like have an order of, you know, what's the best episode? What, where do we feel about this? And then I think looking back, it's interesting to see where, where we land. I think that, you know, I, we don't, I don't disagree with myself. So at least we're consistent, Zach. <laughs> yeah. I don't disagree with myself either, at least not in terms of these ratings. So there we go. Perfect. 
Um, cool. So the next thing we have on the docket might just be a total flop on podcasts, um, but <laughs> we're going to try it anyway. Um, Davis, Will did give us an incredible game of rock, paper, scissors, and I, I would like to try to play it on the podcast. Uh, Zach, is, is this, a, can we at least try? We'll try. We'll try. Okay. Why not? Right. So can you refresh me? What beats what? So what does, yes. what? all right. So. Uh, there's a nice little graphic, um, but things essentially go in a circle. So the boomerang beats air and water, air beats water and earth, water beats earth and fire, earth beats fire and boomerang, and fire beats boomerang and air. So it kind of like goes in a nice little circle. All right, um, I'll try to see if I remember that. <laughs> all right, well, I, I will remember it. So when we when we uh, say what we do, I can I can deliver the okay. Win and loss. All good, perfect, um, perfect. All right, and then we've we've created hand signs so that we can play, but um, th- it's not really easy to come up with water and air hand signs. Like they're both would be effectively the same, but yeah, yeah. But then we decided we're going to do like one hand going like in a wave sideways and one hand going in a wave upwards to differentiate. Yep. All right. Get hype for what might be uh, just a flop of uh, podcasting, but ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay, I picked boomerang. You picked water. Boomerang beats water. That's one oh me. That's some BS. Let's okay. go. Okay, All let's right. continue. Best two out of three? Or- uh, best three out of five. Why not? Whoa. Okay, Zach. Looks like you're having fun then. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. All right. I picked fire. Zach picked earth. Earth Earth beats fire. It is tied up 1-1. One, one. There we go. I just made it three out of five because I want to win. <laughs> My competitive nature is showing out. You were like, I'm not about to get uh I'm not about to get yeah. like swept. Yeah, exactly. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, a oh tie. we both picked air. Nice little tie. All right. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay, I picked uh, Earth. Zach picked wa- uh, Air. Air beats Earth. Zach goes up 2-1. There we Dang. go. All right. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay, I picked <laughs> Boomerang. Zach picked Air. Air beats Boomerang. It is tied 2-2. Two, two. No, uh, everyone... wasn't I up 3? Wasn't I up 2-1? Yeah, yeah, you're up 2-1, but Boomerang beats Air. So oh, Boomerang beats Air. God dang yeah. it. All right, so it is tied 2-2. <laughs> okay. okay. I hope everyone is on the edge of their seats for, <laughs> for the fact that I'm having a lot of fun. And here's the final round. <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. All right, I picked fire. Zach picked water, and water beats fire. Zach is the champion of the elemental game. Congratulations, Zach. We are the champions. <laughs> we da, 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 da. No, okay, but I definitely, to- I definitely had more fun. So I'm going to go ahead and say we're both winners here. <laughs> True. No, that was actually pretty fun. Pretty Perfect. solid game. <laughs> I thought our hand signals were actually pretty good that we came up with like five minutes before the show. I agree. I agree. I don't think like uh, either one was too bad. Uh, like none of them are hard to do. I feel like they like loosely represent the elements. So there you go. Nice. Um, cool. All right. Well, that's going to be all the rage on a playground near you. So get excited for that. <laughs> uh, 
Next thing we have on the docket is an Olympics draft. Obviously, it's the Summer Olympics, and we love talking sports here. So, Zach, you want to lead us through what uh, sports we're going to be talking about? And, uh, yeah, lead us in. Yeah, so there, I, w- I want to talk about – so, firstly, for weightlifting, I had three guys I know can compete in it. I got Boomy. I got Swole Iro from season three, <laughs> and I got Pip Squeak. I feel like all three of these guys could be good, powerful weightlifters. Is there anyone else I should add to the list, Jacob? Who would be a great weightlifter? So, do they actually have to pick it up with their hands? Yeah, I would assume okay. so. Yes. And and what is this? What like what are the weights made out of? Uh, just like generic, like Olympic weight. So like, so they're made out of, I don't know, like what, what are weights made out of? That's a very good question. The weights, Zach, I believe are made of metal. So I think we have to consider Toff Beifong. Uh, I think (laughs) we have to. All right. right. So Toff Beifong is, and she could win, to be honest, if they're made out of metal, she could win. I I know the bar is metal. I don't know if the weights are metal. Well, I assume the weights are, I mean, like the plates that like, uh, you put on at like, a gym would be metal. I don't know, like, if the Olympic weights are made out of rubber, like, that's, like, a huge L for, uh, for Toph. So, let, let me try to quickly see if they are made out of metal. Um, but yeah, so, okay, so we have a few people. Let's, let's, uh, for each of it, let's give, like, a gold, silver, and, uh, a bronze. I, I think, well, I guess for, it actually, it matters a lot whether, um, whether these are made of metal. Okay, it says Olympic plates are made from very dense rubber. So I guess uh, Toff's not gonna not gonna get on the podium. Too there bad. we go. Too bad. So sad. Uh, Dang, I was hoping for the dark horse here. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, those those are the guys I got. I think I I got I got Boomy as a dark horse here. Boomy was pretty okay. pretty jacked. I think he's my gold medalist here. I agree. Boomy, I believe, gets the gold from me. Uh, Pipsqueak looks the strongest for sure. Like, these old men that are, like, hiding their strength are definitely, like, they're very strong. I think Pipsqueak looks the strongest, but I think Pipsqueak's my bronze. I think Iroh gets the silver. Oh, wow. Interesting. Okay. I I, I agree with that. And the thing is, for the running events, the issue is, I think we should (laughs) ban Aang. I think Aang should be banned from all the running events. (laughs) Because he's too fast compared to everyone else relative in the series. (laughs) <laughs> and then my question to you is, besides Aang, who is the fastest met person in the Avatar universe? Uh, oh, well, okay. Again, I think Toph could just break everything. Can she, like, land surf? Yes, or is Toph that, can okay. land surf, sure. Why not? Can, can Azula, like, firebend jet? That's what I was for? thinking. I was thinking Azula with the firebend jets could just, like, <laughs> I think she could, especially in the long distance, if she just maintains a steady pace, I think Azula could, like, beat up all these, like, Ethiopian and Kenyan runners in a marathon. I think Azula takes it. I, I, I do think so. Now I'm just trying to think what's faster, fire or earth? Uh... I think That's the tough. fire's a little faster. The fire's a little faster. Okay. I think so. I think so. Okay. At least so from then, what we see in the series, I think Azula's moving at a faster speed than Toph was. Okay. So, yep. That, that, that makes sense to me. So, we're going to give Azula the gold. Uh, we'll give Toph the silver. And then we don't really have anyone else who, like, just goes super fast. I mean... No, I, I agree. The, I was struggling to come up with this for the segment, to be honest. Does, Those the, were the, ostrich, two. does the ostrich horse 
like no, get in. No, because the Oster Torch doesn't even move that fast. Like, Oppo moves faster. I feel like we talked about this. The Oster Torch is kind of like so. Actually, though, the Oster Torch could win like these long distance events. So, you know yeah. what? We'll count the Ostrich Horse. Why not? All right. So, so far we have the Fire Nation winning the gold here. We have the Earth Nation winning the silver. And then we have Animal winning, uh, <laughs> winning one. All right. So, so through, through two events, the medal count is, uh, three medals to the earth, two to the fire, and one to the animals of the Avatar universe. And then now we have gymnastics. And I think just like with, um, the running events, we have to ban somebody from gymnastics. And the person we're banning is no. Ty. You don't want to ban Ty Lee? No, she's Ty too Lee. Yeah, no, she wins the gold. Good for her. She wins the gold. <laughs> okay, then I, I personally would have like Aang winning the silver, and I think Katara's yeah. got some underrated gymnastics throughout the series. I think we oh. see Katara. Why? Who do you have as third? Um, yeah, I, I was, I was thinking through like you know, Kyoshi warrior types. I feel like they like uh, they mm-hmm. you know get around like pretty swift. Um. Yeah, I, I was, I was not thinking Katara as one of the people. Maybe Katara deserves it. Maybe, maybe she does. I think she just has some underrated athletic feats in the show. Like I've seen her like jump off like ice ramps and do all types of flips and stuff. So that, that is true. She definitely, uh, she does have like the ice ramp jump down. I'm just trying to think like, was, is the floor routine going to be good? Like the thing where you like, I don't know. Juggle a bunch of ribbons around. I don't really know how gymnastics. <laughs> Me <but>. neither. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. That's I, what, just, I, yeah, I don't. Continue. I, I was just trying to think, but you know, I, I can give it to Katara. You know, we right. we have to get some water uh, representation up here for the gymnastics. Yeah, and I think where so- if competitive eating was in the Olympics, then Sokka could win the gold. I have that as an honorable mention in my notes. I think it's like a <laughs> cactus juice chugging contest. Sokka okay. could win. Yeah, he's like he's going to rival uh Joey Chestnut. He's not going to be meddling here. I did think like, you know, poor Sokka. Poor Sokka's never ever going to win um like an Olympic medal. No. No, just no. like me and you. You'll never win an Olympic medal. <laughs> so I I can't fault Sokka cuz I'm in the same boat as him. That is fair. What's our next uh Olympic event, Zach? Our next Olympic event is uh table tennis, aka ping pong. Oh, and, and okay. who I have winning the gold are Jin Fu and Master Yu. I think oh they, oh my god, <laughs> I think they set aside their differences. Yeah, it's doubles. <laughs> I think they set aside their differences. They put their heads together and they win. So there you go. <laughs> what are you talking about? Why would they be good at this? <laughs> I don't know. I just think with their earth bending, I think they could win. There's just no way that they would be good at this at all. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of other duos that would be better. Like, give me like Jet and Longshot over like, uh, Master Yu and Jin Fu. Ooh, Jet and Longshot. That's good. Though Longshot's gotta be competing in archery against the Yu Yen archers. So. Oh, that's true. Okay. I hope that is one of the events, uh, that, that we can talk about, but I, I think. Yeah, I, I, I just, I can't imagine that they would set aside their differences. I think they just fight too much. Yeah, you're probably right. And honestly, you know who would end up be another good duo to beat them? Ty Lee and May, I think, could beat them oh. for sure. Oh, for sure. And it's because, like, May would just be, like, standing in one place, and then Ty Lee would be, like, bailing them out, like, jumping all over the place to win. You know what? Gold medal, I think, goes to Ty Lee and May. Okay. Uh, silver medal, I believe, would go to um, 
would go to like uh, Longshot and Jet. And then I think uh, Master Yu and Jin Fu get the bronze, a pity bronze for them. I don't even think they podium, to be honest, <laughs> <All right. laughs> upon further review. But you're right. Like in the, in the, we'll give them the bronze. We'll just leave it at right. that. Perfect. Uh, what's our what's our next event here? Our last event is archery, and I have three competitors. I have the Yuyan archer, so I guess they can just count as one. I have long shot, and then I have Sparky Sparky Boom Man. But instead of shooting with an arrow, <laughs> he just shoots like that thing out of his head. It just shoots it directly into the <laughs> the target. So there we go. Those are my three nominees for archery. Um. So the Yuyan archers are like legendary archers uh I, I think they have to win the gold uh sparky sparky boom man is like notoriously bad at aiming like yes he's like he has the biggest explosion so you wouldn't be able to tell like where he actually hit on the like bullseye but also like he's not gonna hit it like so easily he's gonna get distracted um so i'm gonna give him the bronze and long shot the silver do you agree zach yeah yeah i agree we don't see long shot actually shoot his arrows too many times um, that is true. I guess we're just going based on the fact that we trust that, uh, that he'll be good. I guess we don't really know that, that he'll, uh, succeed there. Yeah, that's true. So there we go. That's all for the Olympics and shout out once again to what's his name? Kieran Badlow, the man who claimed his avatar Ang hairstyle won him the gold medal at the Tokyo Olympics. So yeah. there you go. That's our little Olympic segment. I thought that I had, I had fun with that. That was pretty, that, that was, you cracked that was me a up. great time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And thank you for, uh, Felipe for, for suggesting this segment. He also suggested the next segment. So honestly, uh, producer of the podcast at this point. True. Um, he, he also like came up with the season one, uh, T Quartet idea. So really like, uh, yeah, very valuable. Um, but also, so looking at the metal count, the earth kingdom did absolutely demolish everyone else, um, in the middle. So I guess makes sense. Also, they, they're like yeah. the biggest nation, right? So. Makes sense. Yeah. It's like China and America dominating at the Olympics. True. Well, congrats to the Earth Nation. Um, pour one out for the Water Nation that, that despite only, uh, you know, having like more than one competitor, only won one medal. Aang went one for one. So <laughs> that's pretty impressive. But yeah. Aang could have honestly gone more than one for one. I think Aang like wins any event he's competing in, to be honest, with his airbending. That is true. Yeah, air airbending probably gets banned by the IOC. So <laughs> it's just a performance enhancing drug. <laughs> airbending, exactly. Um. All right. Well, uh, the next thing we have is a a fun game uh called Twenty Five Words or Less. Uh, I have generated a list of over fifty Avatar related things. Uh, how this is going to work is that we're each going to get a list of 10 and then we're going to have to get the other person to guess the, the 10 words we have in 25 words or less. Uh, Zach, you want to start us off and go first on this list? Sure. I'll start. Uh, fortune teller. Um, is that one word? Yeah, that's one word. It's very efficient then. That's going to be Aunt Wu. Correct. All right. Okay. You can go now. Uh, or I think, I think it's probably going to be easiest for you because we have to keep track of how many words you have for you to oh, do all okay, of them. Okay. Fair, fair, fair. Okay. I'll do all of this. So that was my number 10. Okay. Number nine. Mm, prison. Prison. Yeah. Um, are you sure we don't need more words for this? Judy. Yeah. Oh, close, close. In, I am. Um, okay. I'll add another word like 
Mm, I'm trying to. I, should, should I use two words here? You think? Yeah, yeah. We have two point five words per word. Well, but first off, okay. you've used like fifty words. Just asking how many words you should use. Oh, but. true. My bad. My bad. <laughs> no, okay. no, no, no. It's fine. Yeah. Two point yeah, five words per word. Okay, so then since I use one for my first one, I'll use indoctrination center. That's uh, oh, Lake Lao guy. Got yes, it. Got there it. There you go. You were All close right. the first time, but I, yeah, prison. I was like, eh, it's the most recent prison we've seen. Hopefully it'll work. So that was close. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's fair. I was thinking of the person who was imprisoned and not the prison itself, but yeah. Okay. I, next I also, up. I was going to oh, say continue. boiling rock and I was like, oh. I think that's a season three thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, anyway. it is. It is. Okay. So we'll continue. This one's pretty easy. Uh, gymnast. Ty Lee. Perfect. I was going to say like flexible, but there we go. And flexible. Then, that that would give me like water tribe, like <laughs> element of change type stuff. Like gymnast is easily. Flexible. Yeah, true, true, true. I had to make it work in my head. Okay. Next up. Hmm. I don't know how to describe this. <laughs> I'm struggling. Uh, because I'm going to use multiple words. For this. Okay. Long Fang's crew. Long Fang's crew. Ty Lee. Correct. Are you keeping track of how many words I've used yeah, so you far? You used eight words, and I think we've gotten through four of them. So I, you're on. You're on, we're on track to win. Okay. Next up, the uh, oh, that's going to be so many words. <laughs> 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 I think the way that this game works is there's like a sixty second timer, and you're not allowed to say anything else except the words. But you're just like, ah, oh, this one's going to be hard. <laughs> like if someone was counting that, if someone's like playing along at home, they're like, this one's going to be hard. All right, he's already out of words. Oh yeah, that's true. It's fine. okay. Um, Earth Avatar, uh, Kyoshi. Correct. That one's okay. Not hard. You could have said novel. I would have gotten Kyoshi novels. Oh, that's so true. You're you're a much smarter man than I am, Jacob. Oh my gosh! <laughs> All right, we, we have 15 words and five things left. We're okay. Next it. up, Avatar State episode. General Fung. Oh, I'm so shocked you got that. Wow! That shout out you for even getting that. I would not have gotten that. <laughs> okay. I was next. literally, I was thinking to myself like. What on earth could he possibly be trying to refer to? And then I was like, all right, it's got to be the antagonist from the episode. Okay. All right. 12 words left, four things to go. Tom Tom is the next hint. Tom Tom. Is it May? Uh, no. Uh, Omashu? Yes. Okay. It's Omashu. And the next up, I'm just letting you know, this is technically a season one thing. Oh, I, I did. Yeah. Some season one things will be here. Okay, okay. So, um, Jong, Jong Homie. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I put this one in because I love it. Uh, that's Che. Uh, che. And then is Jong Jong two words? Because technically that should be one word. I was going to say Jong Homie, but I was like, ah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, count, I count it as two words. You're, you're, you have, uh, 17 words and how many things left? Two? So, uh, three. Or no, three? two. Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're good. You've got eight words okay. for two left. You're, you're crazy. Okay. Jets crew. Uh, oh Lord, what are they called? I literally did this earlier. Oh, the Freedom Fighters, of course. Correct. And then last but not least, um, Ang's best friend and water tribe member. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? That, you said too many words now. Ang's best friend. Ang's best friend. Yeah. Katara. Uh, not lover, best friend. <laughs> Sokka? Yeah. There you go. 
I feel like Katara is a better better friend than Sokka. I mean, yeah, but then is your I guess I guess your significant other can be your best friend. That's fair. All right. Technically um, Appa's his best friend, but yeah, there we go. Well that's what I was gonna say, and I was like, there's no way he means Appa. Yeah. All right. All right. So you wanna give me ten words? I'm gonna do way worse at this than you, but I'll try <laughs> it out. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> Let's hope not. I'm very competitive. Um all right. Let me generate my list of ten. Oh no. I wh- so I made this list, but I put some hard ones on here for me. Um all right, I'm going to track my words. Okay, Earth Capital. Uh, Ba Sing Se. Easy, love it. All right. <laughs> Why did I put this one on here? <laughs> um, <laughs> vegetable Merchant. Oh, ca- the Cabbage Man. Okay, thank goodness. I, I was like, I was going to say like my... And then, like, hope that he just picked up on that. But, <laughs> right. That would have been good, actually. <clears throat> all right. Uh, Beifong. Toph. Yep. Easy. Okay. Oh, okay. I, I, have, I have a few easy ones in here. Uncle. Ira. Great. All right. So, we're through four. I've used six words. Not not too bad. Um, Okay, okay. Give me a break. Old Fire Lord. Ah, what's his name? What's his name? Is it Sozin? Yes. Okay. Oh, nice. Nice. Okay. Um, Bear. Bosco. Nice. Uh, Mick Foley. The Boulder. Um, okay, let's see. I've done one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and I have, oh, I'm crushing it. All right. Yeah, you're doing great. Nightmare Owl. Oh, Wan Shi Tong. Great. You could have just said owl there, probably. (laughs) No, Nightmare needed to be included. (laughs) Nightmare was actually, uh, Nightmare is included. Uh, it needed to be. Um, okay. Worst episode. Uh, worst episode of, uh, in general? Uh, season one. Oh, Bato of the Water Truck. <laughs> That's easy. I was going to say it anyways, but I just had to make sure it was just it was like a not just season two. Yeah, um, that is the worst episode. I can't believe I gave that a 2.4. I'm still angry at myself for that. I should have given that a negative 10. Okay, <laughs> we, we can go back and we can uh, clean that one up. Um, all right. I think I've got two words left. I, I didn't actually count uh, to 10. I just like ordered them in lists. So I, mm-hmm. I know I have eight words that I'm allowed to use. So Admiral. Yeah. Okay. And then power of smell. Power of smell. You're going to have to give me something else. I have no idea. Um, Northern Temple. Power of smell, northern temple. What's going on at the northern temple and the power? Do I have? Do I have two more words left? I can't. I, I think I so. Believe it. Okay, season one. Jinju. I don't know. No. Ah. Uh, no. Uh-oh. Uh. I. I can't. I don't think I'm. I don't think I can say anything. I just say one. Say a couple more words. Who cares? Let's see if we can get it. Uh. Doesn't matter. Okay. Um. Inventor. 
Oh, the mechanist. Yeah, I probably should have just gone with inventor, the first one. That would yeah, that would have been way easier. The thing that stuck with me is he said never. Oh, it's the power of stink. I messed it up. I messed up the quote anyway. Oh yeah, I remember the quote now. Okay, okay. all right. But then the stink had me thinking of like Hakoda's stinking sink from a couple of episodes. Oh yeah. Oh that yeah yeah. Oh well, I messed that one up. Anyway, there you go. That was our, uh, that was, that was fun. I had a good time playing that. 25 yeah, that words cool. or less is a good game. Uh, thanks, Felipe, for the suggestion there. Um, now, should we get into some listener feedback? Yes, let's do it. So, uh, in season one, uh, this is a question from John. Uh, in season one, we talked about how some episodes should get switched. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, Zach. And yes, I do. I, I, yep, yep. Would you want to switch any episodes, and can you random number generate another one to see the ramifications? So, I guess, first question, are there any that we want to switch? Hmm. And then if not, I'll random number generator one, and we will see uh, the ramifications. I thought this was, like, a fun thing that we did last season, so thanks for bringing it back, but, uh, yeah. I think last season, the thing is, it was a lot more episodic, I think, prior to the... Prior to the last like two, three episodes where they're in the Northern Water Tribe, it's a lot easier to switch. Whereas you can't necessarily switch like the Guru and an early season, season two episode, you know what I mean? Or like the finale and like an early season two. Oh, well, I mean, you would never switch the finale, but like you can't switch some of the later season two episodes with like an uh, earlier season two episode. It'll be a lot tougher, I think. That's that's definitely true, and it becomes even more true in season three. Like season one, really is like, a, oh, let's explore the world, let's go on an, a different adventure yes. every episode. It doesn't really matter the order of these things. And yes. like by the time we get to season three, it's like, oh, this happens, and then this has to happen, and this has to happen, and like everything leads to the next. Um, yeah, so it probably will not work as well as last time. I do think that you could have gotten the Cave of Two Lovers significantly later in the season. You know, Aang is so reticent to give up his connection to Katara in the Guru. And so if the Cave of Two Lovers is on the way to Bossing Sei and not on the way to Omashu, maybe it makes it better, but um could do that. Um, yeah, that's yeah. that that works, I think. That's one of the few switches that makes sense in my opinion. All right, well, let's see what the random number generator tells us, and we will deal with the ramifications afterwards. The episode that we are going to switch is Avatar Day. Okay, so that's one that we can switch, and we're going to put it uh, after the library. So instead of going to the desert, he immediately rolls up on Avatar Day. Zach, <laughs> how does that episode go? <laughs> I mean, I guess the village is just like in the middle of the <laughs> desert somewhere instead of <laughs> instead of where it normally is. So it's a random village in the desert that is just like okay, uh even though we're like literally in the desert, we're going to like uh spend all of our resources to burn statues instead of like get out of the desert. <laughs> um, and then Aang, Yeah, but I Oh, continue. I was going to say Aang here has just lost Appa. So now instead of like, you know, uh dealing with that in the desert episode, he's dealing with that as people are putting him on trial. I think he like does a Kyoshi like thing and destroys the entire city if this comes right after the library. That's a very, very good point. I think Aang would not put up with this, these villagers BS upon, no. uh, on the heels of losing Appa. So that's, not, that's, that's a very good point. You're right. Yeah. Not at all. Uh, this episode becomes, uh, yeah, in the HBO version, the entire town gets wiped out and then Aang has to deal with the fact that he like killed a bunch of innocent people for the rest of the series. 
Yikes. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> um, all right. Do we want to do this again? Uh, sure. We can do it one more time. Why not? All right. Episode 14, The City of Walls and Secrets. Uh-oh, this is not about to make sense. Goes, okay, again. Um, oh, no, sorry. This one's episode seven. So The City of Walls and Secrets comes after Zuko alone. So before, yeah, this makes no sense. This is why this doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess it just speeds up the whole show. It's just like we just skip over a bunch of stuff and instead they just end up in bossing say right away. So yeah, yeah, definitely not as good. So uh, glad they did not do that one. I feel like, I feel like the, uh, um, the one that I, I said earlier could work. I feel like getting the cave of two lovers later could be feasible. Yeah, no, it's, it's very feasible. You're right. Cool. And then, uh, other question from John, who or, or what minor character does it deserves? Oh my God. That was so bad. Can I try again? Yes. Try again. Thank you. What minor character deserves a spinoff from this season? Uh, I, mm. I think this is a good question because it seems like season one had a lot more like random characters that needed a lot more like that I could, you know, listen to for hours. They don't really have as many minor characters here. So where would you think uh, we can get a spinoff here? Well, we talked about one spinoff, Judge Judy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep. <laughs> so we have like the judge, like judicial process of like small claims court with all the Judies instead of yep. the affirmation Judge Judy. So there you go. That's one. That definitely, uh, that definitely could work. I think that we could get that professor that went into the library with them. Like we could get like him doing like, uh, you know, explain this science stuff. Oh, that's true. Like a PBS, like documentary exactly, style. Exactly. Thing. Yeah. 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 He could be like the new Carl Sagan. Yeah. Oh man. I love it. Uh, and then I think the last one is that we could get that buddy cop between, uh, Jin Fu and Master Yu. There we go. Just like a buddy cop movie between those two, have them bickering and like solving crimes. Yep, exactly. All right. Well, there I you watch. go. That is, uh, those are some solid spinoffs. I'm, I'm a fan of those. Uh, Me too. We, we also had the professor write in with a few questions for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first question is, have you ever considered why bending skills are so nation specific? Uh, there's a few Legend of Korra spoilers here. Uh, they're very, very light spoilers, so I'm going to go ahead and read them. But if you're very sensitive, you can skip ahead about 30 seconds. Uh, but in the Legend of Korra, we learn that Aang and Katara have a child who can airbend and a child who can waterbend and a child without bending skills. This implies that bending is genetically inherited. But then if bending skills are genetically inherited, why doesn't the Earth Nation have any waterbenders? Or the Fire Nation have any airbenders? Have no benders from one nation ever married any bender from another nation? What a shame. This seems so wrong. Um, and then he gives a potential answer. But first, I'll hear your thoughts. Like, why, why do you think there's none of this, like, intermarrying or intermingling or whatever? Um, I think it's because of the war. I think it's because if there was no 100-year war, we'd see a lot more intermingling. I think to spoil the Kyoshi novels a little bit, not really, uh, Kyoshi is friends with an earthbender and a firebender, and she, like, trains with them and stuff. So they did coexist in, like, the centuries prior to the 100-year war, but I think just the war is what divided all of them, and that's why we see them so separate in uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. I, I love that answer. Like, I think that that is a good in-universe answer. Uh, the, the answer that he provided was that it could be too game-breaking to have benders of all types spread out across the four nations. So the showrunners had to cabin bending ability by nation to make the show work. 
I think that that's probably sense, like the actual answer, but I think your mm-hmm. in-universe answer is great. Like there's a war going on, so there's not this like intermingling, uh, but probably after the events of Avatar season three, there's uh, a lot more intermingling going on. So yeah, cool. Um, yep. And then last question we have here. Why is there such little free trade between the water and earth nations? This seems to be the best economic bet they have to compete against Fire Nation's advanced industrialization. And to that, as an economic student, I completely agree. Uh, it makes no sense to me. Zach, what's the in-universe explanation here? I don't got one. I'll let you tackle this as the economics expert if you got a reason for this. Well, it just seems like there's so many things that the two nations are doing. Like, Earth and water are both unique because, like, their entire cities are made out of the elements they know. Like, they could easily expedite, like, or they could export, like, many different things uh, from each nation. And they don't. I don't get it. It does not make sense to me. This is a huge <laughs> oversight. The only thing I can think of is that, like, maybe trade is done by the Earth King, and the Earth King doesn't know that, like, there's a war going on, so the Daily doesn't let him, like, know. But there's, like, very little in-universe explanation for this. Yeah, uh, I agree completely, honestly. <laughs> um, well, there you go. That is our listener feedback. As always, you can write into us, avatar at poshorecaps.com. Um, I will put out the poll for what's the best two episode stretch of Avatar. But if you have any reasons why you think one is better than the other, I would be very interested to hear. So please do let us know. And then Zach, the only thing we have left for this week is to tell the people what we have going on next week. So next week, what we're doing, we're going to be doing a Brent Steele. I explained it last week. I'll give a brief summary refresher. So basically, it's going to be a mock survivor season. Jacob, are we going to have video for this? Sure. For the Brand Steel? Because um, then, uh, Brand Steel's do, would do, Brand Steel's do work better with video usually because then you can follow along the season. Yeah, I was going to post the link to the like Brand Steel season, but we can try to see how video works. I do not really know the bes- behind the scenes on any of this. So we will have to ask the people that know, but yeah, we will try to. Okay. And then, yeah, so basically it's going to be a mock Survivor season, but instead of Survivor characters, it's going to be obviously characters from Avatar The Last Airbender. And I have a question, Jacob. How many people you want on this season? Should we do a 16-person, 18-person? I, I think we should do an 18-person, like uh, like a healers, heal, heroes, hustlers type season where it's split into three. Um, we've, okay. gotten, we've gotten a few good suggestions for how that would work. I think that that is... Uh, better or or the other thing we could do is a heroes versus villains but i think it's better to do like a brains bronze beauty yeah i agree i think like a kageon type season would be good all right well then clearly uh like crazy boomy's gonna win uh if, and the, if and- it takes tony energy to win <laughs> and then i feel like we should have obviously a bunch of serious characters but then each of us should be allowed to pick like one side character like if you want change oh, to be one? in the brad steel or, or maybe two maybe two <laughs> random side but then we're All gonna right. have to we're, like obviously we have to have like katara toph ang Sokka. for sure for sure there's gonna be like a bunch of like spots picked azula's gonna have to be in there so I, course, I was thinking only one because we're gonna have to fill in some spots all right. Well, we will, uh, we will, you know, put, we will set up the season. Maybe we can go through and, uh, like have a little bit of it on air. Uh, we'll schedule it through the week between the two of us. But then next week will be a Brant Steel, uh, where we'll be going over, uh, Survivor season 28, but Avatar the Last Airbender. So get excited for that. There we go. Should be a lot of fun. I'm super excited. 
Yeah, yeah, it should be a great time. And then the week after that, we will be back on a season three. Uh, so very exciting getting in to the last season of Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, it feels like we just started, but Zach, we are, uh, we're almost out of Avatar The Last Airbender. I know. It's crazy. What are we going to do when this whole thing's done? I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Talk about Wishbone, I guess. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I had not thought that far ahead, but, uh, we will get there. Oh, talk about Wishbone. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's the last thing I want to do. All right. I mean, wait, there has to be so many episodes of Wishbone, Zach. We'd be podcasting for decades. I'm sure Josh's going to love that pitch. So we got this show about this dog that solves mysteries. And Zach had nightmares about it back in the day. Zach, there are only two seasons of Wishbone. We can't even podcast about it that long. <laughs> oh, I thought there was God. more, to be honest. That's There's only 50 episodes. This is the worst news I found out about all day. Uh Anyway, next week we'll be back to go over our Brant Steele of Avatar characters. If you have any suggestions of people that are absolute locks, uh, please do let us know. Um, and then we will see you next week. All right. Peace out, everyone. Bye. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.